The Unfiltered by Jade. Jade. Welcome to The Unfiltered by Jade, where we educate, empower, and entertain. Feel free to like, share, subscribe, download, donate, and make everybody know who this. Beats by RB Records. Shopping assistance, your style, your budget. Our services include online and local shopping for individuals and businesses, personal shopping, purchasing of company and office supplies, importing and exporting small packages across Jamaica and worldwide, and helping you find unique gifts and items for all events and occasions. Contact us at 876 919 5195 or shoppingassistance2015 at gmail.com. Shopping Assistance, your style, your budget. Welcome back to the Unfiltered by Jade. Today we have with us here Noah Hedea, and she is a licensed clinical psychologist who works at Whole Heart Reproductive Mental Health. And her specialty is infertility distress. Today, I'm excited. I'm excited to talk to her. We are going to speak about fertility and infertility. And she's here to bring us the information that we need um, so others can be educated about this. Hi, Noah. Hi. How are nice you? Nice to doing? be here. Yes. Well, wow. thank you for having me. Yes. Thank you so much for being here. I want to I want us to jump into this first. Okay. Um first of all tell us what what does fertility mean and what does infertility mean? Right. So I'll start by saying I think it's easy fertility is the ability to 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 reproduce, right? Mm-hmm. For uh, the reproductive system to be, you know, functioning. Infertility is a disease of either the male or female reproductive system. Um, which is usually defined by failure to achieve pregnancy um, after 12 months or more uh, of unprotected sexual intercourse. That's, that's how it's kind of technically defined. And that, that refers to primary infertility. There's also uh, what is called secondary infertility, which is the ability to um, achieve pregnancy, or actually I should have also said sustain a pregnancy, um, uh, after having had one child mm, okay. or at least one child. Or at least one child. Okay. Um, what are some of the examples of fertility issues with both male and female? Um, okay. So for, so I think it's helpful to give a little bit of, of context first about the, the different types of infertility that um, kind of exists out there. And I think this will help understand what, you know, males and females go through. But mm-hmm. um, generally speaking, inf- an infertility diagnosis will fall into three categories. Male factor, um, which is, um, which relates to failure in the, in the male re- reproductive system. Um, 
uh, female factor and, you know, likewise for the females and unexplained. Um, about 30% of infertility is caused by female factor, 30 by male factor, and about 30 by unexplained. Mm. Okay. So in, for females, infertility is usually um, caused by a range of abnormalities to the ovaries, the uterus, the fallopian tool, tubes, or um, the endocrine system. So the system in our body that produces hormones that, um, you know, help to either produce eggs or support a pregnancy and so forth. Um, in the male reproductive system, infertility is most commonly caused by problems either of ejection of the semen um, or um, compromised uh, semen, which could be described by low levels of sperm, abnormally shaped sperm, um, or uh, low motility of the sperm, so the sperm doesn't move fast enough. That, that's interesting. There's a question that we're going to ask a little later in terms of infertility, because, I mean, you had said there's also a percentage of um, issues that is called, that cause infertility that's unknown. So right. normally you hear when persons can't conceive, it is, how should I say this? You normally hear that it's the female that right. has the problem. Yes, that's very true. Yeah. Um, nobody really looks at the male to say, hey, you probably are the problem. <laughs> um, and then nobody looks at the fact that something probably is wrong, but nobody knows what the problem is. Um, so I'm happy that you, you brought that part out. For, for this, how does it affect both male and female mentally? Yeah, well, that's a, that's a great big question in the world of infertility. Um, I think you're, you're very right. Um, infertility has historically been defined and seen as a female problem. In fact, even in the world of, of psychology, um, until about the 1980s, you know, there were some out there um, that believed that, you know, an infertility that infertility could even be caused by a woman's resistance to wanting to have babies or women's what? anxiety right around mothering um, or having children um, now while those you know certainly in the field in, in, in the field of psychology and, and in medicine while those ideas have been you know proven to be completely um, erroneous, there's still, you know, there's still a wild held belief that that it is that it is the, you know, the, the women are to blame. Um, and, um, you know, there are studies that show that, you know, even in this day and age, when a couple goes in and a woman and, and, and the couple receives a male factor infertility diagnosis, the woman will still experience just as much, if not more distress than her male counterpart. Um, so, you know, that, that's a good segue, I guess, to just say that when compared to infertile men, infertile women were, are much more likely uh, to experience lower levels of self-esteem, life satisfaction, yes. higher levels of depression, anxiety, self-blame, they're also uh, more likely to, to look at a child, childless or child-free life as unacceptable. 
um, to avoid children, pregnant women, and other reminders of the fertile world. Um, women, you know, infertility over, you know, in a nutshell, it takes, it seems to take a higher toll on women um, than, than men. And there's a lot of research to support that. Yeah, because women are more nurturers. <laughs> and we are told to, we are generally told as a grown up, or even if we're not told, what is being projected on women is that you grow up, you need to have a child. A hundred percent. You know, so when it is that you grow up and you don't have the child, people look at you like, what's happening? Why you don't have a child? So it almost seems like a, you're a failure because you don't have a child. It's not a reason of, some of it may not be a reason of, listen, I've tried, it can't happen, or I don't want to have any because it seems unacceptable to not want to have a child. So I understand now why it is that women would not want to be our own pregnant woman, not probably want to be our own kids, um, and just want to kind of stay by themselves because of how society makes women feel. Sure. And that, and that, that what you just described is, you know, is often described in, in uh, the psychological uh, world as, as a sort of double loss for women, right? Because not only are they coping with the loss of, an in, of, of the ability uh, to have a child, right? Um, but also with the loss of the support networks and, um, you know, friend circles that uh, they used to associate with, um, and, and, you know, quite a bit of, of isolation uh, that, that, that often comes uh, for women who, who are coping with infertility. And I think you also touched on something really important, which is that all, you know, like you said, you know, women are always told you, you're the, you know, it's, 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 it's your fault, right? They're mm -hmm. like deviance um, or like, what's wrong with you if you don't have a baby? And I think that speaks to the amount of social pressure um, for women to de be defined um, by motherhood and, and motherly characteristics. Um, you know, traditionally motherhood was considered the most important role a woman could play. Right. And failure to fulfill on this role um, led and still leads to a lot of shame, criticism, and stigma. So like you said, a long history of societal belief that infertility was called solely by female. Um, but it's not yeah exactly <laughs> not. there are other factors to it right exactly apart from the types of infertility what are some of the causes of infertility so um that's a that's so some of the causes of infertility i mean it can be caused by a number of different factors um that contribute to you know or can lead to male or female um factor um, but, you know, so for women, it could be, you know, they could be experiencing, this gets a little bit nitty gritty. I'm not sure if this is exactly where you're going. So you can, you know, redirect me if you'd like, but things, you know, things like, like tubal disorders, like block fallopian tubes, um, which could be caused by an untreated STD, uh, which is sexually transmitted, uh, uh, disease, um, mm -hmm. complications of unsafe abortions, um, things like postpartum sep sepsis um, or abdominal or pelvic surgery. 
um, uterine disorders um, like endometriosis, um, you know, or having even something like benign fibroids in your uterus can contribute to infertility disorders of the of of the ovaries. So having like overactive ovaries um, or polycystic ovaries can contribute to infertilities. And then, like I said, disorders of the endocrine system um, can cause imbalances in reproductive hormones. So that's for women, Mm -hmm. um, right? So (laughs) for a male, there could be obstructions in um, the reproductive tract, which would cause the inability to eject um, semen. And again, those blockages can also occur from um, things like injuries or infections to the genital tract. Mm-hmm. Um, men can also suffer from hormonal disorder, hormonal disorders that lead to abnormalities um, in levels, at, you know, of testosterone, which regulates sperm production. Um, any sort of testicular failures to produce mm-hmm. sperm, like um, you know, uh, will impair cancer, um, chemotherapy. Can, just can the name, yeah, just the name of you. There, there are a number of them. There are a number of them, them, right. But then there are also another category of things that can impact and are more, you know, fertility that are more ambiguous, like environmental and lifestyle factors like smoking, excessive alcohol intake, obesity, um, environmental pollutants and toxins. Um, those have all been correlated with uh, higher infertility. Infertility. Mm-hmm. That's 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 what I figured. Yeah. Um, and I think I didn't. I'm going to just add this little factoid that infer there, infer there's about 15 percent of of couples in the world experience some some level of infertility, which and and that number has been growing over the last several decades. And it is, there's no significant difference in spite of what people might imagine between um, developing countries and non-developing countries. Um, that's something that often surprises people. They, they tend to think of infertility as being more of a Western issue that has to do with, in this day and age, women maybe getting pregnant when they're older because they're choosing to have careers and, and things of that nature. And, and it's not much evidence to support that that's really um, at the root, of at the root of it, yeah. Um, so persons who probably have been trying to have kids for five years, ten years, and are not successful during that time, and probably twelve year, they're finally successful. Would that be the thirty something percent that we don't know why they couldn't, but they do know? No, I think that the so the thirty percent unexplained is really refers to to individuals who go for assessment, mm-hmm. right? Um. And they cannot determine there, there, you know, a number of standardized tests or standard tests, sorry, (laughs) standard tests that they, that um, infertility specialists will administer to males and females. Um, And if nothing is found to be wrong with either the female or the male reproductive systems, that's when people get thrown into the bucket of unexplained infertility. Okay. So they can't determine the cause. So with that being said, can you become infertile after having children? Sure. That, that's what um, I described as, as primary infertility. Right. Um, so primary infertility is 
when pregnancy has never been achieved and secondary infertility is when you've had at least one prior pregnancy. Okay, so this situation will be secondary then because they've had a yes. child before exactly. and then they can't. Mm -hmm. Okay, awesome. For this then, not, not, not to, you know, make it seem anyway, but how much is too much? And as we were speaking, you had suggested something in terms of when is it too late to have kids? So first, how much is too much? Yeah, um, I don't, you mean, how, how, how much is too much in terms in of- In terms of kids. Yeah. Is 50 kids enough? Is that too much? You know, that, that's <laughs> kind of the space that, um, generally speaking, um, I feel it's, it's you know, that, that really depends on the individual, right? Um, I don't really- uh, feel like that that is you know my place to decide or, or determine for people how many kids is 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 um, is too too much for them I think right. the only time that that might come up in my practice is if someone was um, trying to have kids while knowing that there are for example you know could be severe medical life-threatening complications um, you know to 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 either member but usually be the the woman in the couple you right know, that's a situation that you might want to you know kind of explore um in in therapy um but other than that i you know that doesn't really it's not really a big thing right it, it doesn't really come into it's not something that um really comes up much it comes up much okay when is it too late to have kids that's that's actually a really interesting question that is the topic of of some debate uh in the rep reproductive world um you know as reproductive assisted technologies or you know the the which which is a way of referring to all to the interventions like ivf that are out there um uh it is possible right for for couples to conceive at much later ages than they would have been able to with without these technologies and um i think i think I, one of the oldest uh you know live births um out there or the oldest life births out there might be a woman close to 60 if not over 60 and mm. you know there are lots of questions not so much from the perspective of should she, you know should she be allowed to or, or not but you know what but more from the the perspective of the child what does it mean for a child to be born um to older to older parents whose health might be you know compromised soon after who whose parents will likely not be there um for various developmental you know, Stage, mm -hmm. exactly. Stages and milestones. Um, again, you know, it's, it's complete. I, I view it, you know, as a personal uh, choice and people should be free to, to exercise their choice. But there are certainly questions that are worth um, seriously considering um, that might not be on people's radar. Right. Because at a certain age, you're not able to run up and down with a child. So if you're 60, 65 and you're having a baby, listen, <laughs> it's, just that alone is chaos yeah and at that age are you able to manage a hundred percent right and you look at the just statistically you know when is your health going to start to potentially become more compromised and then what will that mean for that child 
will you be able to be there for major milestones in that child's life, like their wedding or their having children? And, you know, it's just important that that parents consider those implications and go into it with eyes wide open yeah. um, and, and a plan, right? And a plan. I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that. So, I mean, people want to have kids that's, you know, any age and nothing's wrong with that. But what we're saying is just try to be considerate of the child. Exactly. Um, while bringing the child in, it's, it's, yeah, just try to be a little bit more considerate when having children at such a late stage in life. Yeah. How do you prevent infertility and how can you treat this? Right. So prevent prevention is a, is, is a really, is a good question, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like you see, you know, like, you know, the conditions that I've described, there's, there's not much that people can do to prevent them. A lot of them are, you know, conditions that people have no control over. Um, I mean, practicing safe sex is certainly, um, that's a way to go about it. Right. It's always a good one, right? Because, uh, like I mentioned, sexually transmitted infections, um, can certainly affect, um, your ability, you, you know, fertility. Um, but, um, there's not that much other than leading, you know, a healthy lifestyle, not smoking, not, you know, excessively consuming alcohol. Um, and the so- environment, ensure yeah. environment is good. You're not inhaling yeah. certain toxins, etc. Exactly. And um, even for, for um, PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, yeah. you can also change your diets because I know people who have gotten pregnant after being diagnosed with polycystic ovary. Sure. There. So yeah, there are many treatments, you know, in terms of prevention, you know, once there's not much that we can do to prevent what we can treat. Mm -hmm. Right. But then we can certainly, we can, there there are lots of, there are lots of treatment um, options out there for, for, for any one of the um, dysfunctions that I described about, I mean, that I described before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So for example, like block tubes, right? You can unblock the tubes. You can find ways to access. I mean, there are ways to access eggs from the ovaries without having, you know, to have functioning tubes. Right. Um, Right. Endometriosis, which is, you know, um, a disorder of the uterine lining. Um, There are lots of treatment options for women who have endometriosis. Um, So, you know, first they would have to treat the endometriosis, then they would have to, you know, before getting um, pregnant. Also, I want to add to that. what can help i mean we can't prevent everything but what can help is if it is that we're realizing that there's a problem we go and seek help we yeah. need to seek help 100%. for it because some people have said drinking certain bush tea etc can help them yeah get pregnant see the professional help right <laughs> sometimes tea is not you know <laughs> to, right. to get pregnant and sometimes it has to come with major responsibilities in terms of going to seek the help when you are getting the help, the treatments that they put you on to be very um, consistent with it. Yeah. If it is that it's diet change, change your diet. If it's exercise, because obesity can cause it to try and exercise, try and do what you need to do in order to achieve what you want. Absolutely. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, but I think ultimately, you know, it really is important, you know, because, you know, like I said, and especially because, you know, for women, the tendency to to blame themselves and to think that infertility is somehow their fault and caused by something they did when really um, it is rarely the case. Mm-hmm. Um, it is more frequent that infertility is caused by factors that were out of their control. Right. Um, And so in terms of intervention, you know, the risk with um, interventions that haven't been studied and proven to be effective is that it could cause further or lead to further distress for that woman. So if she's, you know, I don't know, taking something that, you know, or doing something that doesn't have much support behind it Mm -hmm. and doesn't help her get pregnant, you see how that could lead to a cycle of further um, self-blame, further distress for, you know, more anxiety, more depression. Um, I think it's really important to consider, you know, to really look at, you know, treatments that have empirical support behind them. Yes, I agree with that. And I think that that, that, that gets to another point that is worth mentioning is that infertility treatment is, um, incredibly invasive and difficult and leads to its own, um, leads to kind of its own world of, uh, distress for women. Yes. Uh, right. It involves hormone therapy. It involves also sort of invasive, like, um, assessments and then afterwards procedures that are, that, that women incur as opposed to men. There's not that much that they can do to a man's body other than maybe extract sperm um, or, or there, you know, some procedures that also help increase sperm production, production or the production of healthier sperm. But um, women are the ones who incur most of, of the treatment and it's, it's difficult treatment, um, you know, irrespective of who's diagnosed with, with infertility in the couple. True. Um, very, very that true. treatment is also really expensive and not access, not as accessible across, right. um, you know, depending, you know, it's not accessible, certainly, you know, in certain countries in the world, but right. even in the United States um, to, to certain populations, right? So it's um, expensive. It's expensive. It's not covered by insurance, which nope. it should be. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so, you know, it makes it hard for people in lower um, socioeconomic strata to get infertility treatment, um, for single mothers to get infertility treatment. And that is, that is a real injustice. Yeah, that's a real injustice. That needs to change. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah, that really does need to change. Noah, where is it that we can find you? <laughs> so you can find me um, at wholeheartmaternalmentalhealth.com. Mm-hmm. Um, the group uh, practices whole heart reproductive mental health, and um, we are based out of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, although I um, am able to practice uh, telehealth in um, about 30 states because I have a PSY CAT passport, which gives me the ability to practice um, telepsychology in all participating state. Nice. That sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so it's, much, Noah. Of course. Thank you. It was a real pleasure. Yes, definitely. It's, and I, I've learned a lot from you. I made my notes. <laughs>
<laughs> so I learned a lot from you in regards to fertility and infertility. Um, and we're just employing persons out there to take care of your health, take care of your body. Once you realize that there's a problem, seek medical help. Um, there are different options out there. You know, research also helps. And you can also visit them at Whole Heart Reproductive Mental Health um, for different options or different different services that they can provide for you mm-hmm. right thank you so much again and thank you so much again to our listeners um on the unfiltered by jade and we'll be back next week tuesday thank you Bam, bam,